Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I am your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, I'm his loyal confidant. Does that make me like your Snoopy and that makes me like Woodstock? Hmm. You know, I don't like being Woodstock. I'm a little bird that flies around, but I do have a name. It's Rob Langevin. Oh, right. Also, uh, Woodstock was probably a great place to be, although I'm not sure how many people were confiding in one another. Actually, probably. Probably too much for me. My taste. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, Although, uh, Bob Marley, a big Tottenham fan. Not many people know that. Now you do. Uh, Also, Lupe Fiasco. So, have that. Um, <laughs> anyway. Stuff people couldn't live without today. <laughs> Already super off track. Uh, we'll start off with apologizing. We're a day late, but that's because there aren't matches this weekend. They're Tuesday and Wednesday, but I probably should have sent out some info on that sooner. So, sorry about that. I kind of suck. Whatever. Rob, how's your life? Life is good, Kev. You know, mm. enjoying the mid-game, midweek games. You know, the one to come tomorrow. Several on the docket on Saturday. Yep. So it'll be a busy weekend. It's just then, not not for fantasy purposes. Yeah, and then it's going to be awful because Monday's deadline day, which is the day I get to work 16 hours. Woo! Uh, and then the next two days there are matches again. So a lot of football happening starting for you listeners today on Friday. Manchester United already playing. So yeah, it's going to be... Hmm. I'm going to stop complaining about this getting to be my job. I think that people don't really want to hear that. So we're going to move super swiftly along. I know, uh, Rob, through our our conversations off air, you're always like, do we really need to do price changes this week? Because they're super reflective of exactly what's happening. And uh, obviously there's been fewer transfers in and out uh, as there's no matches this weekend. Just some worth mentioning. Uh... Basically, if you've ever listened to this show, you already knew who to pick up with Michael Antonio, Della Ali, Christian Fuchs, and Christian Eriksen all rising. We've talked about all of them at length. People falling, Boaz Myhill lost his job, Saudi Omani has been meh. Willian dropped, which was a bit surprising. I'll talk about him in a little bit. And Kolarov, do you have any issue with any of those? No, nobody's jumping out to me as anything that's awesome. The one surprise up for me was Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> yeah, which, which who's conceded seven goals in his last two matches. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I would, they were like, well, we have to give it to some goalie, so let's give it to the guy that we can get drunk off his name from. So, <laughs> also, their backup, Julian Peroni. Uh, wait, Julian Sporoni. Peroni also a beer. Is a beer. Al- although it would take you a very long time to get drunk off of that. It is, and I've, and I've drunk a lot of beers with guys named McCarthy. So, I mean. <laughs> there you go. We've wrapped them all up. So, in a nutshell, Crystal Crystal Palace's keepers have drinking names. If you want to have a good time, go to Crystal Palace. But just don't Google it like Emmanuel had by yours. (laughs) Or do, but then don't tell the press that you had to Google where they were. 
Although, as we also mentioned off-air, better than when Buffett Timby Gomis moved to Swansea and said he was glad to finally be living in England. Um, yeah. <laughs> didn't get a whole lot of love for that. Uh, but anyway, oh, also, actually, while we're talking about Gomis, looks like he will no longer be the primary striker at Swansea. Looks like they're bringing in an Italian guy, I think from Kievo. Forget his name. Uh, but anyway, that pretty much kills my 15-goal Gomis bet. I'm sorry that I let everyone astray. Hopefully you stopped listening to me about a month in on him. Um, but they do create a lot of chances. So whoever's up front for them, maybe. I, I still think he'll probably get two to three goals the rest of the year just by luck. Yeah, but then he'll be at like seven, which is half, roughly, yeah. of, of the number that I said. Um, okay, uh, so uh, we already talked about that. You don't have any issues with the rises and falls. Um, big news yesterday. As time of recording, two days ago, by the time you're listening here, Kevin De Bruyne comes on as a substitute, has a goal and an assist, then goes off with what looked like a really, really bad knee injury. Now it looks like knee and ankle. He's been quoted himself as a player, like almost just as we came to recording here, uh, that he will be out 10 weeks. Obviously, you're dropping him. What is the bigger ramification of this injury on FPL? Um... Well, it's just, I I don't really see a negative here. I mean, if you're rostering him, you're not really losing anything because if you you have, you obviously have to transfer him out. But look at the talent level that's available at midfield that you're going to spend be able to spend your money on with 10.7. So you're basically going to downshift from De Bruyne at 10.7, get anybody you want in the midfield because he's one of the highest priced midfielders not named Alexis Sanchez, and you can improve somewhere else. Now, everybody's probably still, or I would hope that they're still sitting on another wild card currently. So, you know, this is, I think this is beneficial to them. He hasn't really been, you know, outstanding from a fantasy output. He's put up big games here and there. But the most important thing to me is that everybody's going to have this extra amount of money in their kitty. Yeah, and and we're starting to see uh, teams' values rise even more than they have been as people are starting to ship out the likes of Mares and Vardy and... Mm-hmm. Higalo, which is a mistake. I've been telling yep. people this whole time. People didn't believe me going assist last weekend. Um, but, you know, uh, such is life. Um, all right, we've touched on that. Uh, I did write in my pre-notes that we needed to talk about Reese Oxford because somebody asked me what would happen if a player on your team got shifted out. And uh, I didn't genuinely super know the answer to that. Are they just unavailable and your roster doesn't count? Uh, no, you get a free transfer if you're a guy tra- is transferred off your own team. Oh, if, you, okay. if you're rostering a guy, I believe you. If he gets transferred out of league, I believe you get a free transfer. Interesting. Sorry, listeners, the, for me not knowing that. I just thought it was a really good question. Not to exceed the two, I, you right? Because you only still roster two. Two is so max. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, anyway, so it looked like Reese Oxford was moving. He was some people's price dump, uh, and then that loan deal got canceled when uh, Charlton's manager didn't know who he was and said he didn't want to sign a player that he didn't know who he was so that was an issue now it's not other transfer news a couple people asked us to talk about john joe shelby do you really care at all from a fantasy perspective since this is a fantasy show correct um not really um in in other in other formats because he does life, create chances, yeah. he puts some absolutely. tackles in. Yeah, absolutely. From a draft standpoint, or like a like a like a you know a season long league that it doesn't have just the simple scoring that the FPL.com does. Uh, yes, absolutely. I believe that he's going to infuse stuff into into Newcastle that that others 
that were previously there won't because he mm-hmm. has the ability to be a playmaker. He showed it in spurts, you know, right about the time when he was peaking and he was like, they were like, oh, he's got to be on the, the English national team. And, you know, and then he came into this year with high hopes and a lot of people were riding him very well, thinking that he could be a, a you know, a good buy low guy and perform well for, for Swansea. And yeah, he, he didn't do well there and he, he's off to Newcastle. I, I, I think he'll do okay there uh, from, a, from a daily soccer player. You know, DFS player. He's a great fit because he does complete a lot of passes, and he'll he'll probably be on the secondary assists a lot. So from that perspective, absolutely, in his price point, there would be a definitely buy-in. Uh, but from from the official game, I don't see any value there, especially with the midfield ranks the way they are. Yeah, another player that moves to Newcastle, Andros Townsend from Tottenham. I've been talking with uh, Jake Jackman, who's a Newcastle fan that comes on the other show all the time about where Townsend will fit in that side. It looks like he'll be on the left, which is actually very good for you from a fantasy perspective, although much like Shelby, probably more of a draft own um, as he sends in a crap ton of crosses when he's on the left because he usually wants to drift left, and if you drift left while you're on the left, you're out of bounds. Um, so uh, he is interesting to me in that sense, not very interesting in any other sense. Another former Tottenham player on the move, Emmanuel Adebayor signs for Crystal Palace. I do think he'll be good. But as Rob pointed out before we started recording, we've just heard um, from Alan Pardew saying he's definitely not starting this weekend. Uh, he may be a part of the squad, but I, I think he said probably two weeks before yeah. we really start he's gotta, to see him start. He's got to prove some fitness there first. And Pardew's a fitness guy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you know, Connor Wickham can't get into a game and he's, ne- he's never fit, so what do you think Adebayor's going to do? He's 105 years old. I mean, <laughs> that's he's fair. Joe, Although, he's Joe Lewis. He's the Joe Lewis of, of Fantasy <laughs> Premier League. Yeah, we, we have heard that Adebayor has been keeping himself in very good shape, but apparently not match shape, um, yeah. hitting the weights and stuff like that. Okay, mm-hmm. so I do think Ade will be interesting when he comes back, and it will be in the middle of a very favorable run for Crystal Palace. Um, I, I got into a Twitter thing with a guy earlier today. Not an, not with animosity, but I was like just saying... With, I, like you and Kanye with... Kanye and <laughs> like yeah, I was of, like that kind of get into it on Twitter. I was Kanye and that I won, but I was also Kanye and that my premise was flawed. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. but, uh, anyway, um, and that I was like B.O.B. and that the earth is flat. Uh, I'm entirely basing that on the FPL site where the pitch is flat. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't actually think the earth is flat. Save your emails. I don't need it in my life. Um, Wait, it's not flat. I know. It's crazy. Uh, what was I talking about? I honestly lost my train of thought there. Mm. Oh, Adebayor. Right. Crystal Palace have a very nice run of matches. I'll talk about the defense a little bit more in a little bit. Sorry, defense for our English listeners. Um, Bournemouth at home, Swansea away, Watford home, West Brom away, Sunderland away is their next five. They're probably favored in all of those. So if Balassi comes back. Goals? Huh? Can they stop shipping goals? That's well, the thing. can their defense actually form back together and make like the Voltron thing? And- <laughs> this is actually really funny. We had a Crystal Palace fan on on last Sunday, and uh, <laughs> asked him uh, how they could turn it around, and he responded something to the effect of, "Well, we need to start scoring goals and stop conceding them," which uh, sounds silly, but is a good recipe for success. Scoring and not conceding. I mean, that's like saying I'm going to win the lottery, but I don't buy tickets. You know, it, it's, it's- <laughs> well. Uh, he's he's right though, and and I do yeah. think that Palace can turn it around. And as I was saying on Twitter, oh right, I found my train of thought again. Um, a lot of people talking about how horrible they've been, so they're dropping. 
Uh, both Ward and Dan have been dropped by over 10,000 people over the last two days. Uh, sorry, last two match weeks. They've shipped uh, 10 goals in matches against Chelsea City and Tottenham, which I don't particularly fault them for. They weren't favorites in any of those. They have no attacks, so the pressure is constantly on the defense. I'm fine with that. I'm willing to forgive that, knowing that they're facing, uh, like I said, Bournemouth, Swansea, Watford, and West Brom, none of whom, uh, at first glance, I would think have a top 10 attack. Maybe Watford at the bottom end of that. Uh, And then Sunderland, who definitely aren't. Although, Sunderland's stats have actually been surprisingly decent over the last two weeks. So keep an Mm -hmm. eye on that. Uh, Even though the loss against Tottenham looked like a big one, statistically, they did not play as poorly as the scoreline suggested. Okay, uh, last bit of news to touch on here. I mentioned him in the falls. Boaz Myhill loses his spot to, uh, not Fraser Ford, sir, uh, ben, ben Foster. Right. Uh, and in his two matches thus far, he does already have two clean sheets. I know a lot of people weren't big fans of my Courtois signing, but Foster does pair with Chelsea very well. And so if you're looking to add defenders, um, that's also a pairing you could do if you wanted to buy in on Chelsea or West Brom defenders, which I understand a lot of people wouldn't. But and I do want to touch on Chelsea because I talk about Tottenham so much. We may as well indulge you as well. Chelsea now unbeaten in eight. Ivanovic continues to contribute. Williams dropped off in the last two, but I don't think that that'll continue. I think he's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on bringing Chelsea defenders back into the fray or Chelsea players overall? Uh, you know, I'm I'm all for it. I- I don't. I if you're gonna own a couple players from Chelsea, I'm I'm probably off the William basket now because I think the differential is gone now. Uh, he's basically owned in you know twelve percent of leagues right now, so the differential really isn't there, and his price point is seven point one. So he's getting into that point of uh, I need I need returns or I can go somewhere else. Uh, on the defense. You know, Ivanovic is still 6'5", and he's expensive. He's had a couple double-digit point weeks. The but last if you're four. dropping Kolarov, like, the argument could be made. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've already dropped Kolarov. So, I mean, but, you know, Ivanovic is giving you decent return. He's got 5, 1, and 2 in the last three. So, he's still under he's still under 10% owned. So, there's a little bit of a differential there. But defenders are spread out more thinly than the midfield ownership is. Um you know, Aspulaqueta isn't really doing enough for me. He's getting clean sheets, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, if you're going to own a Chelsea guy, I'd probably look into owning the buying back into to an Ivanovic, only because he's giving you the value of what he used to be in going forward. Um, so from that standpoint, there's not many defenders that can give you the value consistently that they go forward with, and he's one of the guys. So Chelsea defenders are. Gonna, if you're going to buy one, Ivana should be, be a, one for me. Azpulicueta would be two, and then Zuma would be three if you're looking to save a, save a penny here or there. Yeah, and uh, one question that's just kind of random and not linked to anything we've talked thus far. Uh, Matty Target, 12-11-6 are his last three matches. Uh, first of all, do you own him? Uh, I, I will be on after Saturday's game. Oh right, when you're are you? Oh, are you using your uh, wild card then? No. Okay, just a normal free transfer, making sure everyone's. I'm, a, fit. I'm actually I'm actually going to take a minus this week, only because mm-hmm. I don't have a healthy goalkeeper and uh, a mini wild card. I think cheap. Yeah, 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 mini 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 WC. So yeah, I I wrote about Maddie Target this week on Razball.com. Uh, listen, 
for his price point and where he's playing on the pitch and what position he actually plays on the official game or what a position he actually is, there, there's zero point none sense that anybody should not be owning this guy. Uh, in three weeks, if he's still playing basically a wide enough role, he's basically playing more offensively than Dusan Tadic right now. Yeah, he's playing and, full on the And, line, and yeah. he has a defensive label on him. So for his price point, 3.8, his, his point return for the last three, whatever you said, 12, 11, and 6, I believe it was, it's, he's, he's got to be a must-own defender right now. Uh, Southampton, they're starting to find their legs, I believe, a little bit. I'm not buying completely back into them as like the stoutness that they, they should be. Of, of what we expected them to be preseason, you know, and then when they got Van Dyke and, you know, all the love for Bertrand, you know, they're not the same team. They face Arsenal this week. Then they have a tough game against West Ham, which I think could go either way. And then they play, they face Swansea and then they're home to Chelsea. So it's not awesome, but there, you could squeak out some points, but the best thing for target in his favor is he's going forward and being involved in the offensive end, which is a good thing for you fantasy wise, especially from a defender. Yeah, absolutely agree. I have uh, ridden the entire target roller coaster. I'd never got him out of my side. Uh, brought him in very first week at 4.0. Never never transferred him out, but very pleased to see him doing well. And then his first good week um, was my last collar off week, and he didn't start. And so target did get sneaked into my side. Uh, and then ever since, obviously, been riding him. Although not sure I'm going to start him this week. Uh, strangely enough, well, not maybe not strangely enough, obviously Arsenal, a very good attacking team. I think I'm going to roll Ward, Cresswell, Alderweireld at the back, facing Bournemouth, Villa, and Norwich. Feeling very good about that in a season where it's been very hard to predict defenses. I'm very okay with those guys. So, so, so Kev, with the uh, the injury to Jan Vertagen, are mm-hmm. you advising anyone to pick up Vimmer in the back for the Spurs defense? Interesting. I honestly didn't expect this question, which is kind of dumb. I don't actually have his uh, numbers in front of me. He will be the starter there. Um, mm-hmm. Some people saying maybe Eric Dyer would slot back into center back, but he's exclusively a right-sided center back. Um, so don't see that happening at all. Vimmer definitely the person that will take over those minutes. Um, <clears throat> Vimmer tends to play a bit safer. Both Jan Vertonghen and Alderweireld like to get forward every now and again. They obviously had a very structured set of where people would go, where Alderweireld gets to attack the near post, Dyer goes to the middle, Jan goes to the far post with Kane. Um, I don't know how that will be affected with Vimmer in. Obviously, he's less favorable than Dyer or Alderweireld from the who's going to get the headers uh, situation. Oh, 4.6. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. Now, now you'd have to think about it, especially considering the next three matches yeah. for Tottenham of Newcastle, Watford. Never mind, not City, but Norwich, Watford, and Swansea bookend that that City match. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I was assuming he was going to be around five, but at four dot six, that's a very, very interesting move, and it seems like people haven't really caught on yet, as he's selected by zero point zero percent of teams. Yeah, I mean, but. From a fan's perspective, are you advising everybody who owned Vertonghen? I mean, I know the number's probably slim because nobody really owns him. But is there another fantasy option for Spurs besides Dyer, Walker, and Aldeverald that you would invest in? You think Davies gets a little bit more run later in games now? Here's here's the problem. And and unfortunately, we finally figured out the equation for Rose and Davis, which you would think was very good news, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Because we're literally rotating them regardless of competition. So you'd have to look and see how many competitions are in between. So Rose and Trippier have gotten the last two Premier League starts, right? Yeah. But then we saw 
um, what we'll, we'll see on Saturday uh, against Colchester is we'll probably see uh, we'll probably see Davis and Walker there, which means we may have Rose and Davis back in the Premier League, but then that'll get shifted again once they're in Europa League. So unless you want to do a whole lot of homework, I'd probably stay away from Rose and Davis because it's just literally in flux in that every other week it's gonna it's going to shift. So it's hard because you don't want to use all of your transfers just figuring out which one of those left backs or right backs is going to play. And this does mm-hmm. also hurt Kyle Walker because they're being shipped in pairs where it's mm-hmm. Trippier and Rose and Walker and Davis. So I honestly would shy away from them. I'd also shy away from Dyer. I know I've been burned by him twice. Twice on this show I've said I'd start selling on Dyer and both times he scored a headed goal that weekend. But mm-hmm. that can't happen this time because there are no matches at the weekend. Um, and also... His role changed as soon as Dembele and Ali were the other two central midfielders because now all he does is stay back. Early on Mm -hmm. in the season, he's very good at whipping a ball in. He can distribute fairly well for somebody that's classed as a defender, which, by the way, he actually is. Uh, That's not a a misclassification by any stretch. But I'm kind of off dire as well. If you don't already have Toby move from Jan to Toby, he continually gets two or three headers a match. He's been putting them wide lately. Some week he won't. Um, mm-hmm. And the more he misses, the more you think the percentage raises that the next one is going in. Uh, but probably I'd start to look elsewhere. And we'll talk about these a little bit later. But Stoke and Crystal Palace both have pretty decent runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for just matchup plays on the short term, I'd go there. Still West, like West Cresswell. Ham as well. West yeah. Ham as well has four. Very, left. very much like. Uh, Cresswell, especially now that um, Carl Jenkinson is gone. I do hate him, and he's a prick. <laughs> but you don't want to see injuries like that. But he was the weak link in that West Ham defense. It was leading to several of their lesser-earned goals. And I think that uh, regardless of who they choose to play over there, whether it's James Tompkins or whether it's Byram, who they've just signed, I think Cresswell's value goes up not only because they do have Favorable fixtures coming up against Villa, Southampton, Norwich, Sunderland are their next four. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think the defense is just going to be better. I think the return of Payette will continue to see them get better defensive results. Alex Song comes back soon. That'll help. When Lanzini comes back, that'll help. When Sacco comes back, that'll help. In the sense that we always say, the better your attack is, the less pressure on your defense. So I definitely yeah. agree. Cresswell. And Cresswell, very good price point to move over. You're going 5-5 five, five to 5-6, five, so a very easy mm-hmm. lateral move. Yeah, I, I know we I know we talked about the De Bruyne injury, but from a fantasy perspective, we really didn't touch on it at all. And I'd like to get into it a little bit mm-hmm. before we get to our start sits. Yeah. So I know that the the obvious lateral move for most people in the in the official game is to just go from De Bruyne right to Alexis Sanchez because right. it's only a, dot, a point. It'll be a point two to, tomorrow. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you're already too late. But the the point <laughs> differential is Drake. Hashtag you're too late. So you know De, Sanchez is ten point eight. De Bruyne is 10.7 currently. He's probably going to be 10.6 by the time that this podcast gets released. Um, from from a fantasy perspective, you know, downshifting is basically is probably one my is my perspective on this. I wouldn't go with a lateral move directly to Sanchez. I don't believe in Sanchez too much as a fantasy asset right now. What where would you be looking, Kevin, on somebody that you didn't own? You had you have you had De Bruyne. You have 10.7 to play with. What's the one person you're bringing in that you don't already own? Well, here's the problem. I have a weakness. I have a drug, a kryptonite. <laughs> His name's David Silva. I already own Silva instead of De Bruyne, so I've missed out on this whole hullabaloo. But you'd have to imagine with De Bruyne out, you're going to have... Ooh, interesting. 
Jesus Navas in draft leagues. I oh, just picked absolutely. him up in our Targa expert league. If you I look at his I average, went to go pick him up. Yeah, if you look at his average match score, it's awful. But if you match it up with the games where he gets 80 plus minutes, it's all like 16 plus, which is not crazy, by the way, in, in draft scoring. In case you're like, 16 points, what? Um, but anyway, yeah, he's very interesting in that aspect because he sends in so many crosses, they all count as chances created. Um, so anyway, really interesting Navas there. But Silva, I think, will be much more freed because De Bruyne continued to impede just like Lamela did for Erickson last year. This year it's not happening because Lamela and Erickson are opposite sides. But I think David Silva with Sterling and Navas both stretching the defense will give Silva and Toure much more room to navigate in the center. So I, yeah, much more than Sanchez, who I'll talk about a little bit later. um, I I do agree that Sanchez is the kind of player that can win you your league or bump you up spots. There's no debating that but personally i tend to like to go within team a handcuff which i'm not sure is a term in this kind of fantasy uh where you have the second option at, at a position and and de bruyne had taken over the creative position and we've seen struggle from silva lately uh but i think him being fully established to his own role i know he has been playing the 10 but he hasn't playing his own game because de bruyne has been taking a lot of those chances i think now that they basically just have novice and sterling to run now Silva can be the true creator in that team, and we can finally see a return to the form that he's usually had. Also, that could not happen at all, and I'll stick with Silva another week too long, but uh, you have to like his odds against Sunderland this week. Although, this is a crazy stat. I wrote in an article um, before the other fixture. David Silva has never assisted against Sunderland. Wow. What? Yeah, that's crazy. It's nuts. It really genuinely makes no sense at all. That's a lie. He literally did it in the last match. Okay, so I was right before the last match. He did it in that match. Only two assists since. But I I, mm, I love Silva. But you have to listen to me. I'm like a junkie here talking up the drug of their choice. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, David Silva is a lateral move. You, you earn money. You get the more creative player. In my eyes, I like David Silva more as a player. I think people continue to underrate him although his performances this year have allowed it more than his performances in years past. Yeah, I, and I, I'm, the, I'm the same exact boat as you. I, I shipped off my shipped off of De Bruyne a couple weeks ago, and I'm playing with Silva. So I'm agreeing with you that it's usually better to look in-house for your first option because City has that high power offense, and you want a guy that's going to be involved in that and who was already involved but now is going to be more involved. I think Yaya Toure gets a little bit more taste too as well. Um, he, I don't know how I don't know if anybody's been watching the games and noticing, when, but when Yaya starts behind the, the three midfielders, he looks like he's gassed by the by the, like the 70th yeah. minute. And he has nothing left. So I hope that doesn't continue. I hope he plays more of an advanced role. But that's just yeah. Me. It does From sound a, like he will not be starting this weekend, which is good. He'll have a rest. Yeah, yeah. But uh, David Silva is the first lateral move. Sanchez is the is the dunce move. If you're just looking for names and price tags, Sanchez is your guy. Go ahead. Sanchez is good for you. He he's not good for everybody. But if you think he's gonna give you return, the price point is exactly the same. Go for it. The guy I think would be the most logical choice is, and you're gonna you're gonna love this because I don't own him. And this is if I had a move to, to make, and I own De Bruyne, this is what I'd go. I'd go to Christian Eriksen. I would move yeah. to Christian Eriksen because he has the most chances created in in the league right now from a midfield perspective. He's he's assisting on balls. He's scoring his share. Spurs, they're not the the most. Ex- 
they're the highest scoring team, and they're not the lowest, but they're more towards the top than the bottom. For his price point at 8.4, this allows you to dump whoever you're whoever you want as your third striker. I'm not saying you should dump a Gala because I still love a Gala in the value that he gives you, mm-hmm. but it, it is awfully sexy to think about having Kane, Lukaku, and Aguero up top when you can just sneak Christian Eriksen into the midfield to take over De Bruyne's uh, stats. Yeah. You know, at, from a from a from a point standpoint, you're not really losing that much on it from a game to game situation, but your guy's going to be healthy and he one isn't. You know, Eriksen is going to be there every week and De Bruyne isn't. So. From that perspective, moving forward, if you move, take a guy off that wasn't going to be doing for something for you, and you're adding a guy who's going to give you a bonus, Erickson's going to just automatically fit into your team. He's going to play the midfield. He'd be your fourth midfielder because you could probably forget about your fifth midfielder because if you're going to go heavy up top with the money you have left over, there's no reason to have a fifth, a fifth midfielder. You can bring in the cheapest guy option available that actually gets minutes. Somebody like a, a house in or somebody in that, mm. you know, Michael Michael Antonio, just to give you uh, somebody who's a differential on the bench. That can give you points, you know. But Erickson through the middle, part paired with Mares, Otsel, and you know anybody else you want. You know, Payet. There you go. Payet. How about a midfield of Payet, Erickson, Silva? You can even load up your midfield and and you know you can just go crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, crazy, it really is. crazy. I mean, you can just load up your midfield and just have a, have an awesome start. So your first sub would be a, would be a stud every week. You could have Payet, Silva, Mares, Otsel. And Erickson through your midfield, and still have money up top for Lukaku, Kane, Aguero, and then have one uh, above uh, 6.0 midfield uh, defender, and then all the rest usable uh, usable pieces. Yeah. I mean that that to me is like the perfect team. It's probably going to be a big, you know, big a temple team after wild cards. Yeah, only because- yeah, exactly. And I think it's a very good suggestion for when people wild card. So I, you know, on the show and in my my fantasy articles, I often talk about chances created. You mentioned there, Erickson only behind Mesut Özil. Um, but uh, in his last two games, 15 chances created yeah, in that's crazy. two games. That's In case you're wondering, that does not happen. Even no. Utsil in his best matches is creating four or five. Arsenal better at converting. You also mentioned that Tottenham are definitely near the top than the bottom. It's true. They're only four goals off the best. It's City mm-hmm. at 45, Leicester at 42, Tottenham at 41. I think for some reason... Tottenham continues to be underrated, which I think is great for both fantasy value and for real life uh, as they try to chase a top four spot. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ericsson has quietly very much returned to form and is now facing, like I said, very decent competition heading forward. There's a very tough city match in three weeks, uh, but yeah. Norwich, Watford, and Swansea around those, you just have to like it. You do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is my top rated midfielder for this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Heading a, a, a into the Norwich match, he's in my top three. So interesting. Who do you have ahead of him? Otso and Otso and Payet. Mm, interesting. Uh, let me let me uh, open up my rankings real quick. I should have already uh, very much had them open. Um, but yeah, I was taking into account all that. So yeah, I have Ericsson, Otso, Payet as my top three. Yeah, I have, it, I have it. I have it. I have Payet, Otso. Yeah, Otso, uh, not a super great matchup. Um, no, against Southampton, who finally started to turn it around. But I think there's space there on the on the, the side where he likes to operate for him to whip some passes in, especially with yeah. Sanchez being on the opposite side and drawing the extra defender. Yeah, I, I would agree on that. And as we already mentioned, Target's going to be really busy charging forward, so there won't be a whole mm-hmm. lot of help back there to cover Otsil. Okay, yeah, there'll um, there'll only be nine defenders for Southampton <laughs> instead of ten. <laughs> right. Um, 
<laughs> okay. Uh, well, now we will take a second. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Boom. Now on to uh, starts and sits. My forward for the week is basically all the advice that we just gave you just in forward form. Harry Kane at 10.0. Also my top ranked striker for the week along Erickson, top ranked center attacking mid. Very fun week for me. I know a lot of people will be asking, what about Aguero? But Sunderland have actually been surprisingly decent in goal difference over the last few weeks. Already mentioned how they've been uh, impressive since the Tottenham match, as long as they don't play Young Kirchhoff, who, much to your guess, Rob, is actually pretty awful. (laughs) Um, I tried to talk him up, and you're like, he might just be coming from Bayern. He might be awful. I was like, no, it's great. And yeah, no, he's he's, he's awful. He's (laughs) He's, really bad. He's completely (laughs) awful. He's a big traffic cone. It's super not great. German traffic cones. Okay, uh, but yeah, Harry Kane, Tottenham have scored the most goals in the league in their last five matches, 10 facing Norwich, who have conceded the most over the last uh, five in five goals. Wait, what was I saying? Yeah, worst defensive record over the last five um, and they just conceded five to Liverpool last week. Hard to have a whole lot of hope in them. It's them and Crystal Palace tied, I think, on negative 11. Really should have had that up as well. <laughs> Can't judge you if you want to start any of the Tier 1 strikers. Kane or Aguero already mentioned him facing Sunderland. Or you could roll with Lukaku against Newcastle. Although Newcastle also uh, have been shipping fewer goals at the back and frustrating teams like they frustrated uh, West Ham that week after Pyatt's big week, and then everyone's like, oh, well, let's keep captaining it. Yeah. And then he <laughs> did absolutely fuck all. Um, but anyway, uh, of those three, I do like the Kane one the most just as a player, but I think Aguero is the better captain play mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if, if you're going to choose to do that. Um, other things in midfield. I know you said you weren't a huge fan and you might be going out on him. But I really like William this week. Watford, barring last week's results, seem to be dropping off a bit, at least defensively. Conceded eight goals in their last five. I know William hasn't registered a goal or assist in the last two weeks, but they weren't in easy matchups. And the right side is where almost all of the attack is coming from for Chelsea, with Ivanovic and William both getting forward plenty. He isn't a player that you want to flop back on fourth on, so I just think it's important for you to decide if you're in or out. Because um, I do think he'll easily be a top 20 midfielder, probably top 15 come the end of the year. Uh, other guys that I'm fine with, uh, Antonio, Ali, Silva, and Navas. Already mentioned Navas for draft league. And, uh, a, and, a, point, and a point on William, the, the Watford defense is going to be a little slowed because there is no Nathan Ake. True. Um, uh, yeah, because he'd be facing his parent club. Uh, for defenses, mentioned them a little bit earlier. Uh, this week isn't great, um, but... Uh, as I mentioned before, I think it, it'll be a good week for Albion. Already mentioned that they have a favorable run. And like I said, with Foster, they do already have two clean sheets and two attempts. Uh, so let's see if they can keep that going this week. I think they you know, may just be able to do it against Swansea, who have been a bit nippier lately. Swansea are on the... I'm not saying they're great, but they're definitely trending upwards. Um, and it looks like they are going to get in another striker that's not named Buffett, Timmy Gomez. Oh, but here's a fun fact. 
Um, so Gomez has been offside 33 times. So you'd assume that they'd want to play against that in their new striker. Still can't remember his name, but can remember the stat. Guess how many times Swansea's new alleged striker has... has guess how many times he's been offside? 27. 26! You're really good at that. <laughs> but yeah, also offside a ton. Um, but Sigurdsson has very much turned it around. Andre Ayu, I know he's been playing as a forward, but he's he's looked great as well. I think the biggest disappointment for me in terms of bargains was what happened to Jefferson Montero. He was absolutely terrorizing people the first five weeks, making pretty much every left back look super average. Um, then it, it just dropped off, and, and it's sad to see because he had been doing so well. But anyway, I know Swansea can be a tough matchup, and they are prone to nick a goal like they did with Ashley Williams last week. But I still like West Brom this week. I know they've betrayed a lot of people, but because of that, you're willing to get pretty much all of them at a lesser ownership rate. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, and in case you're wondering if you should make the move to Foster, I already mentioned he pairs well with Chelsea players. But Ben Foster is just 0.1% owned and I think is immediately a top 10 keeper. Uh, and at 4.9 isn't too expensive either. So uh, the defenses I like, already mentioned Crystal Palace a lot. I also like West Brom, also like Stoke. Good calls, Kev. Uh, I'll start in the back. You know, I talked about it before. West Ham's next four games, very cookie, very in your favor. Got to go with Aaron Cresswell. I know his ownership is pretty high, but you still got to own him or him or anybody else from the Hammers defense. You know, if you want to go with the differential with uh, Angelo Ogbiana, whatever his name, however you say his name. Yeah, Yeah, you know, he's probably the second guy I would look at from the Hammers. Uh, Through the midfield. Mentioned it before. I think if I had a lateral move from KDB, it'd be to Christian Eriksen. You know, Kevin just mentioned the chances created, what they're doing, where they're playing, who they're playing. It just makes too much sense from a from a dot from a dot of perspective. He's eight dot four from a scoring perspective. I think he's the the top uh, informed midfielder currently, maybe in the top three mm-hmm. at least. With Ali, and, by the way, if you had to guess, Eriksen's on ninety nine points. How many do you think Ali's on? He's on 99, too, because I have it in front of me. Exactly on 99. It's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, but I think he's played like like 380 80 less minutes, something like that. Yeah. That's crazy. But Ali is a great... Is, is just, you should already own Ali, is the point there. Yeah, I, I, I think I remember... So I, I was reading an article, and somebody uh, compared him to Jermaine Genus today. Yeah, I saw that. A young Genus. Because young Jermaine Genus got Tottenham to the Champions League and started... He, in the Champions League and did very well. Alongside, yeah. guess who? Um, there were Enrico, two that rotated. Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> uh, Tom Huddleston oh, and there you go. Wilson Palacios from Honduras. Palacios. Yeah. Those were, those were the days. Obviously, Modric was playing uh, as well. But, yeah, those, that was the group that got, that got us there. And then Huddleston scored a screamer in... Uh, I don't remember. Judge me if you want. That was like 2010. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. It was like the first, it, like the first goal he scored in like 100. And, yeah, and I, I think it was Modric or Vandervaart that had to jump over it because he just pummeled it. But yeah. but that was pretty much every time he kicked a ball. So yeah, <laughs> and I and I completely misspoke that that Ali has done it in less than 300 minutes. It's only he only has nine less minutes played. So I was interesting because Erickson missed a few games through the injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. Erickson through the midfield for me, up top. Uh, you know, it's not really a place that where everybody plays differentials. I don't recommend it, but I like to give recommendations based on, you know, matchups, form. So I'm going to go with a phobie from uh, Bournemouth. You know, ownership is 0.4%. Got back-to-back goals. 
you know, Crystal Palace is shipping goals. I'm sorry to say it. In, in a second, you're going to hear my start sit on defense, and you're not going to like it because they're going to ship a goal in this game. There's no way this game stays clean at all. Uh, from my perspective, Bournemouth gets at least one. So making the Palace defenders nil and making Kevin's advice seem stupid. Uh, <laughs> Do we need to make another beer bet so there's actual beer again? Oh, we can. We, we can. We, we doubled yeah, or we nothing back to nothing. Negated. Yeah, we went from beer to no beer. Yeah. Kevin ruined. Kevin ruined it with his his, <laughs> his addiction to gambling. It's true. Yeah. So <laughs> people, if you went to like an AA meeting and they're like, "Listen, we know you've been drinking too much, but here's the solution: just start gambling." Just start gambling beer. Just move gambling that addiction around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll I'll jump right into my into my sits, Kev. Uh, I'll start up top. Uh, Wayne Rooney for me against a Stoke defense that's pretty stout. I don't see it. Is is I know he's averaging eight point eight points per the last four games. I'd like to see him do it against a, a a really good good team in Stoke. I don't see it happening. Um, through the midfield, Jorginho. Guess where he's playing, Kev? He's not oh, at home. He's not at home. <laughs> So don't start him. Oh, but it uh, looks like such a good matchup. That's actually like super good advice, straight yeah, up. Yeah. So Jorginho on the road. We talked about the point differential. If you don't, if you didn't hear me say it, go back and listen to all the podcasts we talked about because I've said it in one of them. So you have to listen to all twenty-four <laughs> of them. <laughs> Thank you for your point six cents every time you listen. Yeah. And on defense, I just mentioned it. I'm not. A, I'm not a believer in Crystal Palace's defense this week. Uh, over the last six, they have the least amount of points taken in the Premier. That's never a good thing for confidence, and I think Bournemouth sticks one in early, and it nukes their whole value. Who do you got, Kev? Yeah, I hate how harsh you are being on uh, Crystal Palace, so I'm going to say Crystal Palace do keep a clean sheet. We'll put okay. a sixer on that one. There you go, sixer. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a done deal. That's in stone now. Uh, yeah, starting up front, I know he's injured, but Olivier Giroud, we've talked multiple times about how he struggles with Alexis Sanchez back in the side. Guess what? Alexis Sanchez is back in the side. Matchups aren't that great either. Southampton, Leicester, and Manchester United, three of their next four. I'm not really uh, excited about the prospect of that. There was a time when I turned on Giroud, and I'm not dropping him now because of anything he's done. He just doesn't seem to work as well with that pair. And so for me, he has now dropped out of the top tier because of the return of Sanchez and because of the next few matches that they have coming up uh in the midfield you already kind of slated crystal palace there a little bit how many people do you think percentage-wise own johan kabai nothing eight percent eight percent of people still i said i actually said 13 you were on mute sorry wait i was on mute you were on no, mute. I, I i muted i muted you when you were talking, because I had to go, I got up and got myself a drink, and I, I, I was, I was yelling thirteen from the fridge, thirteen, and and I, I was like, oh, I muted it. So this this moment in podcast bloopers is brought to you by Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> that's the professionalism you can expect on this show. Uh, but yeah, Johan Kabai eight percent owned still, which is still too much. One goal and zero assists since match week 10. Still owned 8%. Palace do have an easier schedule, but unless Ade is already fit, which he's not, as we just heard, um, I don't believe they can do anything until Balassi comes back. They might score a goal here and there, but even if they do, I doubt it's Kabai that does it or that he's even involved. Uh, and in defense, 
It was going to hurt me. It was going to hurt my soul like a little bit. I love Christian Fuchs. We've talked to him so many times. We did get a response. I forget who. Sorry, I'm not giving you a proper shout out. But we did get a tweet after our Fuchs uh, titled episode. It said our title should have been, What Does the Fuchs Say? I think it was Dylan. Was that the guy? Same guy? Dylan Dylan Arvabola, I think is his name. Yeah, and I I think he's Australian. Oh, we were going to have him on at one point. Dylan, if you're hearing, come on the show one time, man. Call in. We're waiting. We tried to do that like two years ago, and I just realized that I've kind of been a horrible person and forgot about that. Shout out to Dylan. Dylan. Follow him. Dylan. He's he's awesome, and I feel bad now. Um, But anyway, do love Christian Fuchs, but uh, this Liverpool-Leicester match, you can't start a defender on either side. I, I, much as I hate to admit it, Roberto Firmino does look like an actual footballer um, and has had some pretty tidy finishes of late. And Leicester... This game's going to look like the NHL All-Star game. <laughs> well, here's my concern. is We saw Liverpool do all of that last week and then it ends up being like a 1-1. That's like my yeah. worst nightmare. But regardless of that, you still wouldn't want either defense if both teams are scoring. Yeah. Sit. sit, sit, sit everybody. Sit, sit, sit. <laughs> Uh, never mind. I can't say that. That's super inappropriate. <laughs> like sure, even for sure this show, can. it's now not like. Thinking, but now you're thinking it. Now everybody's gonna be like, "What was Kevin thinking?" Okay, what's well, the gif? Of it was from a movie. I don't even remember which one. And it's like at a restaurant, and the guy quits. He's like, "F you, F you, F you. You're cool, F you." <laughs> that's that's what's happening if you're looking at all of your Leicester yeah. and Liverpool defenders. Uh, also, um, somebody asked on Twitter if people should start buying into Lovren as a differential now that he's back. No. no. The end. <laughs> okay, so on to captains. My captain this week leads me to having to admit something, which is I made transfers before the cup matches are played. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I know. I'm an awful person. I genuinely am. But Lukaku had already dropped a point. He's set to drop another tonight. Mm-hmm. So I brought in Aguero. Now... After a week ago, you said, I'm not bringing him in. I, I know. I know. But then I captained Lukaku, and he did, forgive the forgive the language, fuck all. I already mentioned Newcastle's defense has been improving. I think Mbemba can actually mark him somewhat well. And Aguero against Sunderland, as far as captain options go, is one of the better matchups you'll have all year. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just too hard. I, I didn't want to keep losing value on Lukaku, and you know, because you, you lose 0.2 in value every time they move down. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I couldn't stick with it. And I, I literally continue to believe in Igalo. I know people are looking at his next two matches and saying, oh no, he's playing Chelsea and Tottenham. You know what he did the last time he played Chelsea? Scored. You want to know what happened the last time he played Tottenham? Scored. Um, so I have no issue with Igalo, but I did make that switch. So I know it's shocking, and I told everyone not to do it. Which, by the way, was probably good advice, because now he's probably going to be awful now that I own him. But I am captaining one Sergio Aguero this week. Who do you got, Rob? Uh, my captain is Sergio Aguero. There's no reason to stray. Otherwise, it's the only reason to stay co- uh, connected with everybody else in Although the league. Although Payet versus Villa is really interesting. But Yeah, yeah, I know. But Villa has... Sneaky's been okay the last yeah. couple games. And Newcastle I mean, shut them down, so we've seen him be shut down recently, which is Yeah, great. absolutely. I mean, and, you know, Villa, defensively and especially in the goal, they, they haven't been bad. 
you know, Bun is showing it. I mean, he's showing that he could be the number one there. I mean, I know it's going to be in the, the, the next division down, but, I mean, he could be the number one there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Payet is a, good, is a good call. Uh, for anybody looking for, like, a big stretch and they want to go with the counter Aguero argument, go David Silva. How about that? Stick, yeah. it, stick that in somebody's pipe. Get the assists. And I, um, I do want to clarify earlier when I said Kane is my number one striker, but Aguero is my captain option, in case you're like, that makes no sense. I hate Kevin. I think that it is very likely that Kane scores exactly one goal in this matchup. And I think Aguero has more opportunity to get a goal and an assist. Because Kane doesn't assist often. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's why, in case anybody was wondering how it was possible that I have Kane as my number one forward. Because my rankings include safety. And I think the, the likelihood of Kane scoring one at Norwich is very high. The odds of scoring two, less high than Aguero scoring a second against Sunderland. That's fair. That's a fair enough point. Everybody's always looking for multiples. You know, people want multiple, you know, orgasms, uh, yeah. women, uh, goals. It would be more impressive for dudes, honestly. Who? You mean you can't? Come on. You better Sorry, move to man. Jer- you better move to Jersey. We drink that toxic water from the Pacific River. <laughs> it's, got, <sighs> it's got Agent Orange in it. <laughs> that's uh, that's what Mountain Dew Code Red was, I'm pretty sure. Um, you remember that? That was dope. Yeah. I used to, I still I love Mountain Dew so I'm a Mountain Dew junkie. They used to they used to have it in the cafeterias at University of Cincinnati. Oh, you see. Um, but anyway, I haven't. I don't think I've had drank it since. Yeah, but, uh, I used I used to have uh, a Mountain Dew and two White Castle hamburgers. That was my breakfast every day. Nice. I like where your head's at, man. Yeah, <laughs> that okay. was my that was my breakfast off a uh, you know like the little lunch the little lunch wagons that come around in the mm-hmm. morning. <laughs> uh, my all. stomach my stomach was way stronger than than it is now yeah i'm literally trying to imagine starting my day with that like it like 10 at night maybe but yeah oh that's now if i if i ate that now in the morning i'd have to eat it on the toilet because it would just go <laughs> right and it just fluff. you are not wrong okay um what am i going to talk about all oh, right uh transfers we've made i've already had to clue you into one I brought in Sergio Aguero, much to everyone's judgment, I'm sure. Uh, the other move I made, uh, I may have mentioned that I did it, maybe not, but I did make the move from my hill to Foster. It links so well with my Courtois, who I continue to assist at 5.2 as one of the better values. The Chelsea defense, I know there have been so many false dawns, but I'm willing to stick with them now. Watford, Newcastle, Southampton, Norwich, fine with all those matchups. They do have Man United in the middle. And United are 10th in the league in scoring right now. So I know it looks like a big match, but they're not that great either. And Courtois can hit save totals that will actually get you an extra point. Um, so, so I'm very excited to see if he can do that. And, and same with Ben Foster, by the way. Uh, he's had seven uh, each of the last two weeks, largely because he's getting points for saves. So anyway, that's, that's what I did and, and my thoughts on those moves. I know you mentioned that you're probably going to wait till after the cup matches. Anybody you're eyeing up in particular, though? Uh, I know I have to do. I have to make a change of goalie because I have Mayo as my number one, and he's no longer my number. He's no longer their number know, one. His, his own yeah. team's number one. So I'm probably looking at uh, either one of two guys. I'm either looking at Foster bringing him in for for a direct swap for Mayo, or I might go a little different, a little contrarian. I know West Ham they don't get enough clean sheets to make him awesome, but the next four fixtures are awfully tempting, and I already own Cresswell. So it would kind of be like a double dip there, and I'm thinking about bringing in Adrian. Adrian! 
Anyway, so that's all fun. Anything else we should talk about? I don't know. I'm about to see Star Wars again. Have I mentioned this? No, I, you, you know what? I want to see it again, but I kind of want to like watch it at home and drink it with uh, my own beer. And Yeah, I get that. Well, I'm going to the movie tavern, which is a place that gives you beer and food while you watch it. Yeah, we, yeah we, that's, where we, that's where I go, but I don't like spending $10 for a beer. <laughs> or for like super mediocre Philly cheesesteaks. No, but um, I went there and the food that I had it, you know, in it was it was pretty decent. It mm-hmm. wasn't awful. So yeah. you know but, I, here's my thought on places like that is often the menu looks great, but it's almost like they're trying too hard. Like if it was just like burgers and hot dogs, I'm sure they'd be great. But it's like, have you tried our etouffee? You're like <laughs> have, have you tried our Briere? Really? <laughs> it was like uh, like I got the Philly cheesesteak and it was like it was just you know what it was like? It was like we talked about before, like cafeteria food. Yeah. Like where it's like, okay. But, you know, they're charging more than, okay, price. $14 for a hamburger. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Do they have the deal at yours where if you have the liter, they, you get beer for less? No. Oh, yeah, we have that here. Because God bless the Midwest and our obesity and, and necessity for deals. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can buy a liter uh well, it's not a Stein because Steins have those clippy cloppy bits at the top. I don't yeah, know, like a, like a Grolsch. Yeah, sure. It's like a it's like a liter of just uh, it's glass and it kind of has like golf ball-y divots. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, if you've ever been to a Hofbräu house, it's like that. Yeah. And then anyway, if you take it in, you get beer for cheaper, which is awesome. Nice. Um, speaking of drinking, what are you drinking? You Paps again, huh? PBR. I'm a PBR guy, man. Overliable. Fair I'm, I'm I'm straight up white trash, man. I love friggin' uh, I love some PBR. I'm not gonna lie, I love PBR. I'm I'm drinking on three one two. Yeah. Fairly well known. Where's it from? Three one two. Minnesota. It's known as a Chicago beer, but it's actually brewed in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hmm. Uh, which I don't understand. I don't know if that changed recently or if I was just always misled. But shout out to my cousin Joe. He's he lives up there in Fort Collins, so. Uh, shout out to him, and uh, he's he's a milkman, but they make bank, man. I didn't know. Have uh, you have you got into the uh, the whole sour? No, sour beer sours? oh, it's the worst. Yeah, I, I'm, okay. I'm so I know we started this show and uh, like uh, when we very started, and I was gonna have a different mixed drink every every week and tell people how to make it, and then I stopped that entirely because beer's cheaper. Um, but uh, in case you're wondering, beer snobs of the world. They were all on IPAs, which is fine. There are good IPAs. My problem with IPAs is that anyone can make it. You can mess up the brewing of an IPA and put in and enough still have crap. It come out. Yep. Yeah, and it'd be fine. It's why many people judge me, but I think having a company's Pilsner first is the way to go. Because it's very simple, and if they it's mess clean. that up, it's hard to trust other things that they will do. Pilsner's clean. It should be nice yeah. and clean. I'm a very basic human being. When I go to Chinese, the first thing I get to, when I go to any new Chinese place is orange chicken. When I go to any Mexican place, the first thing I get is the enchiladas. When I go to Indian places, I always get the tikka sag. Mm-hmm. It's like my baseline of like how they good are you? Because if they mess it up, there's no reason to go back. Exactly. So it's my baseline. And so you can have some meh IPAs. Anyway, so I was never fully on board the IPA train, although I do fancy myself a bit of a beer douche, but uh, maybe not when I'm on this show as much because I can't enjoy it as much. But um, 
I'm super not onto the sour thing. Uh, yeah, th- there's I, a couple places either. in Brooklyn that were onto it last year because they're literally hipsters. And I was like, why is this here? And now they're like a big deal. And I'm like, wow, they beat that by a year. But I, I continue to not like it. I had like this one that sounded really interesting. I didn't know it was a sour. And then it was like grapefruity. Ew. Uh, it's just, oh, man, I did, I did not enjoy it at all. I, I'd, I'd rather get drunk off an epithet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're like Jim Crow. Wait, that's those are the rules. Old Crow? <laughs> that was that was d- down low kind of super racist. And I didn't mean it to be uh, at all. But anyway, Jim Crow laws were laws designed to keep, at the time, uneducated uh, yeah. black people from being able to vote, which was super messed up. Uh, all right, who are you voting for? No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, well... We are uh, out of time, uh, so why don't you tell people where they can find you at soccer.rasball.com. Exactly. They can find <laughs> me at soccer.rasball.com or on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie, L-O-O-G-Y. It's getting close to baseball season. Oh, They're my like, gosh. I just realized Yahoo drafts are open, like, right now. Yeah, they open today. Like, <laughs> That's crazy. Like one, well, one I'm, I'm going out tonight, but we should mock tomorrow. Mock. Yeah. Also, Bird. let us know if you're interested in hearing about baseball on this show. Dumb. Totally interested in that baseball stuff. Ah, oh, me too, man. I'm so excited. So and you, can, excited. you can find my writings once a week on Razzball.com, the baseball side too, as well. I'll cross promote there. Oh, interesting. Uh, I was I was on there looking at you guys' rankings. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That was I fun. don't do the rank. I don't do the rankings. I just do uh, I do bullpens and closers like, and middle relievers and holds. Oh, hence the loogie thing. Gotcha. Um, see, cross, see, it's cross promoting. It. it is. It? It's all full circling. Uh, yeah, I liked your rankings. I, as a Pirates fan, was surprised to find Polanco as high up as he was. He, he's getting uh, a lot of preseason love from a lot of people. Everybody thinks this is the year he's going to, he his the stats are going to develop. Yep. Yeah, because he was supposed to be the inverse of Marte, where mm-hmm. it was supposed to be 60-40 power to speed as opposed to Marte, where it's 40-60. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, I'd like it to be true. I really yep. would. I also think that people, and I noticed you guys were right on this, but a lot of major outlets, people still having McCutcheon as a top 10 option when he doesn't run anymore is just not his real valuation. No. He's he's um, he's slowly becoming an outfielder too. Yeah. A very good one, and it'll get you great yeah. OBP. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And he, I would take now that he's hitting too. cleanup, he's hitting crap tons of RBIs. Mm-hmm. Like, I think his highest RBI total before last year was like 70-something. And then we really, I think it was like, I think it was like 92 and then last year, whatever it was. Yeah. So yeah, he, he definitely turned on the power in that sense, but he's not a 30 home run guy. So he's, he's he's a mid twenties. He'll get you, he'll get you 90 runs. He'll get you 90 RBI. He's going to get 10 to 15 steals. And yeah. And like 23 to 28 home runs somewhere there. Probably to the lower end of that. And he's going to hit you 300. So that's yeah. He's a perfect end of round two draft pick. Yeah. He's not a he's not a first round pick anymore. He's a perfect end of round two. Say if you get snaked on somebody, you know, who, you know who he is. Like three years ago, Roddy White, where nobody would argue that he was the best wide receiver, but he was easily the best second receiver, even though there were still one receivers on the board. Yeah, because you knew because there was that thing where like for four years straight he had a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. And yeah. He was like the only player that did it over that whole time. Anyway, cuts great value if you can get him in the second round, but don't draft him in the first. And that's coming to you from a person literally wearing a Marte jersey right now. Who, by the way, is amazing and should be where Kutch is being ranked. Uh, because last year, everybody thinks he figured it out. And I'm not sure that was him figuring it out. I think there's still some more pop in that bat. But we'll see. Um, yeah, there is. There is. I, I, I think, I don't actually know where I read this. It might have been from you guys' site. 
But uh, his uh, fly ball rate was actually not in his favor. Uh, yeah, no. He, and everybody thought not. that the homers were because he got had an increased fly ball rate, and it just wasn't. So anyway, Marte, I do think, is a top 10 pick, but you'll probably also be able to get him in the second round. So if you had that choice, I'd probably take Marte ahead of Kutch, which is crazy. Anyway, that got weird. Uh, all right, uh, this is going up on a Friday. Again, sorry for not letting you guys know sooner. We'll be up on Thursday next week when we will be having a guest from the Anfield Index Fantasy Pod on. Then the following week will be on there. I haven't told you this, Rob, at all yet. So hearing about this live, we're going to do a fun thing where you have uh, $65 and have to make the best team. And then we'll be facing our teams off. Or some I do that. Kind all, of prize. I do that all the time. I do that. I used to write that up, and then I got bored of it. Yeah. I used to do it all. I used to do it all. The time. That's awesome. So we're gonna win because I'll just listen to you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So this is up Friday. Also listen to the EPL roundtable if you're listening. I'm Kevin DeVries at Kevroth. You can find myself over at TheEaglesBeak.com because the site's back up there now. You can also go to blog.playtaga.com to see stuff over there, including a very interesting piece on Gareth Bale that I did not write, but I do appreciate. All right. Thanks for listening. It's been a great time. Catch you next week. Peace.